everybody. Welcome or welcome back to the Fuel Church Podcast. We're so excited that you're joining us today. We want to thank all of you that give generously to this ministry. It's because of your giving that this ministry is possible. To give, you can visit us at thefuelchurch.com. We hope this message inspires you to take your next step in your faith journey. Enjoy. All right, welcome to week number three of our message series called Breakthrough. Come on, how many in here are believing God for some breakthroughs in this new year? You believe in something to shift in your life, whether it's your finances, your health, your marriage, your family, your job, something in your future you're believing for? Come on, how many are believing with me? I got some things on my list, yeah. And we're in this 21 days of prayer and fasting and... um, uh, we're in week number one, so we're kicking off our second week. And so today's message, I really want to uh, look at the words of Jesus because um, that, that's who we follow here, right? And uh, he, he talks a lot in the Gospels about different spiritual disciplines that uh, his followers should have. And so today we're going to look at a few of them, and I have a lot of content, so I'm going to move quick. For all the note takers, you've got to write quick today. But um, uh, we had our first worship and prayer night this past Thursday. Wow. Was that amazing or what? Over 200 of you came out and just seeking God for an hour. And I encourage you, if you can come out uh, to our Westfield campus this Thursday, 6.30 to 7.30, join us. I promise you, you will leave filled up. You will leave encouraged. You will leave ready to charge hell with a water pistol. Come on, somebody. There's something about unifying together with the body of Christ. And so make the drive. Come on. It, it's, you make the drive for a, a restaurant when there's good food, right? You'll go get a tenderloin. Oh, Jesus, I felt the Holy Ghost right there. Sorry, some of us are fasting. <laughs> but um, uh, make the drive and join with us and, uh, and, and watch what God will do. And then our following, uh, the following Thursday, our last worship prayer night will be right back here. Uh, but I want to give you three secrets, uh, three keys, I like to call them, three keys to breakthrough. How many, how many want to know what the keys are? Um, uh, you know, if Jesus is giving us a key for breakthrough, I, I want that in my life, right? Um, I thank God for self-help books, and those are great, but how many know Jesus is greater than any self-help book? And so he gives us a few keys in um, Matthew chapter 6. Now, understand this. Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7 are comprised of the Sermon on the Mount, Uh, one of Jesus' most well-known sermons. And uh, um, he had a long church service, real long, (laughs) like a revival. How many grew up in church? You know what revival meetings are? That's what this was for Jesus. And uh, he talked a lot about the kingdom of God, and he talked a lot about what it means to follow him. And, and, and right in the middle, uh, right in the middle, in chapter six, he takes one chapter, and he gives us three keys to breakthrough in our lives. And uh, he spends a lot of time talking about it. I just want to, for time's sake, focus on those three keys, and we're going to look at what God has to speak to us today. Can you just say, God, I'm ready to receive everything that you have for me today? In Jesus' name, amen. Matthew 6, 3 and 4, here's the first key. But when you what? When you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Matthew chapter 6, verse 5 and 6. And when you pray, 
Pray is the next key. That's the second key. Do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray, standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Let's find the third key. It's in chapter verses 16 through 18. It says, when you what? When you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show others they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you fast, put, on, put oil on your head and wash your face so that it will not be obvious to others you are fasting. Take a shower, basically, is what we're saying here. Thank you, Jesus. We're not fasting from cleanliness. Come on, somebody. But only to your Father who is unseen and your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Three keys to breakthrough, three rewards that happen when you apply these keys. How many know that keys unlock doors? Have you ever had the wrong key and the wrong door? Have you ever got frustrated that you had the wrong key and the wrong door? But when you get the right key, it unlocks the right door. And I want to give you these keys because this is going to unlock something. And you, some of you have never heard teaching like this. I'm more going to teach, but I'll probably preach because I'm day like seven or eight on this fast and I'm fired up, like fired up, like Holy Ghost fired up, y'all. I just got to admit that right now. The three keys, when you give, when you pray, when you fast, the three keys, when you give, when you pray, notice Jesus doesn't say if you give. If you feel like praying, eh, if you want to fast, uh, kind of help you out. No, it's almost like Jesus is expecting his followers to have these three spiritual disciplines in their life. And he takes a whole chapter. Your homework is Matthew chapter six. I hope you've been doing your homework every week. The teacher is watching. Come on, somebody. And so Jesus is expecting those who follow him to do these three spiritual disciplines. I'll spend more time on the praying and the fasting uh, than I will the giving, but something powerful happens when those three things are done together. I said together. Jesus is talking about pressing in for a breakthrough. The whole purpose of fasting is for us to hear the voice of God better. We, we have cluttered up the connection with God. You see, God never leaves you. He said in his word, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. How many in here are saved? You put your faith in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. You know God. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit, part of God lives in you. He's in you. He never stops talking. He never distances himself from us. We just clutter it up with so many competing voices in our lives, don't we? I was listening to one of these pastors that I follow, and, and uh, he was uh, talking about the 21 days of prayer and fasting, and he went back to the first year he led his church on the fast, and he says the story that uh, the day after he led his church, he's, Monday, he's in Walmart picking up a few things, and all of a sudden, over the loudspeaker, he, hear, he hears this, Walmart shoppers, please come to get hot biscuits in the garden center. We have 50 free hot biscuits for the first 50 who come to the garden center. 
and he's thinking, I love hot biscuits. Here he is on this fast, and he wasn't doing any food. It was just liquids, but he was so tempted by what he just heard that he begins to walk towards the garden center, and he's like, oh my gosh, what if I fall and I eat this biscuit, and I got church members that work here and are shopping here? I'm going to feel like a failure, but they just said free hot biscuits. Is this you, God, or is this the devil? And he starts walking towards the garden center, and he finds the lady, and he says, hey, I'm, I'm here for the hot biscuits in the garden center. And he's all excited, and she said, oh, honey, I said there's hibiscus in the garden center. But he heard what he wanted to hear. You're going to hear some things during this 21 days that you think are God, but it's really the devil tempting you. So I just had to start it out with a laugh. I don't know if you'll laugh for the rest of the message, but here we go. Why don't we hear the voice of God? Question. Why, why, why don't we? Well, we're too busy. Life is so busy. We have so many things that clutter the connection between us and God. We have so many other competing voices. Life gets noisy from raising kids to our marriage, to work, to our families, to social media, to sports, to news, to TV. And whoever or whatever we listen to has our attention. So much so that we clutter it up with all these voices that we have trouble hearing the voice of God and we wrongly believe that a 65-minute service like this is enough, and it's not. Would you feed your body one meal a week, besides being on the fast, I'm saying? No, you would not. And so we cannot spiritually come here for 65 minutes and think we're going to be good for the rest of the week. No, God wants relationship with you. That's why church isn't the only spiritual discipline you should have in your life. You should have a Bible. You should learn to have a devotional life. You should learn to have a prayer life. You should learn to read this Bible every single day of your life. Hmm? So when you fast, you're really shutting down the body and the soul, and you're getting tuned in to your spirit man. See, your spirit man is always there. It's just rarely heard. It's just rarely fed. So whatever you feed the most will boast. So if you feed your body, which most of us feed it and overfeed it, or if you feed your soul, if you, if you just live off of your emotions and your emotional mess all the time, I know Christians, they live an emotional life. They live that out of their emotions, their mind. They live off of all those negative thoughts, and that's just, that's just who I am. You get what you get. Well, we don't like what we get with you. You ever heard somebody, well, this is who I am, and I ain't never changed. Well, we don't like what we get, so change your stinking attitude. Come on, now quit living life so emotional. It's, just tell your neighbor, say, just settle down. It's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. And so, so when we fast, when we abstain from some, some pleasures that we love, right? Not that they're sin. Hear me? They can be, but most of the time they're not. They're just pleasures that we love. We need to feed our body, amen? We need to feed it. But, but the Bible 75 times talks about fasting. 
And most of you, even if you've been raised in church, you've hardly ever heard anything about fasting because it's not a spiritual discipline that most churches adhere to. But in the Bible, Jesus talked a lot about it. And so 70 different time, 75 different times in scripture, we see that. And so, so when you fast, you begin to open up that connection. You see, God is always broadcasting. We're just not tuned in all the time. He's always broadcasting. We're just not tuned in. How, how, many, remember, how many remember this? Come on, the corded phone. Come on, how many remember? We're going to go way back right here. How many remember this? How many had the corded phone in your house? And all the young people are like, what's that, mom? What's that, dad? Well, before there were cell phones, before there were you know, uh, iPhones, there was the corded phone. And you had this usually in the kitchen. And most of us had a 15, 20-foot cord. We get all wrapped and tangled in it and talking to our girlfriend like, hey, girl, how you doing? I love you. Like peaches and cream. And uh, we, we used to have the corded phone. And, um, and th- this was a great phone. And this is one of the old church phones we dug out of a closet. But um, you know, back then, you didn't have caller ID. Like you, you didn't know if, who was calling. And so the phone would ring, <laughs> and you'd be like, eh, how do I feel right now? Do I want to tango? With the bill collector, do I want to fight the IRS? Do I, do I want the salesman? Do I, you know, you didn't know who was calling. But, but, but you did know certain individuals who were calling. You did know certain individuals. And they didn't have to identify who they were, but you knew their voice because you spent time with them. You knew their voice because you were around them. You had relational equity with that individual. So when mom called, she said, hey, sweetie. She didn't have to say, hey, this is mom. She just said, before hey was out of her mouth, you knew it was mom. And when dad called and said, what you doing? What you doing? Nothing, dad, just hanging out. You knew it was dad's voice. And then when I was dating Tara and she was at Bible college and I was back here and and I would call her or she would call me, I knew it was her voice. And we'd sit on the phone till four in the morning. No, you hang up. No, I'm going to hang up. No, I love you more, so I'm not hanging up. But, but, But you were around those individuals, so you were conditioned to learn and be keen on their voice. It's the same way with God. When you're around him, when you spend time with him, you begin to hear his voice louder and stronger than all the other competing voices. It's the same way because your spirit, your spirit, the part of you that's made in the image of God, you do know that you were made in the image of God. And that part of you can hear the voice of God. And so as we eliminate those distractions, as we open the connection, we begin to hear God more clear. He never stops talking. We just stop listening. So why do we fast? A few, a few quick reasons, and uh, we'll, we'll continue. Number one, we fast for direction. Someone say direction. Do you need some direction in your life? Like, is this year, do you have some big decisions to make in your life? Do you have some biz, big decisions to make for your family or your business? You, throughout the Bible, people fasted for direction. The second reason we fast is for devotion. We want more of God and less of us. 
And we know that we have cluttered the airways. We have some things in our life that maybe aren't pleasing to God that have stopped us from hearing him, right? So we, 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 we fast out of direction. We fast out of devotion. And then the last reason, we fast out of desperation. Have you ever gotten to a point in your life where you're like, enough is enough? Oh, come on now. Like, I'm not going to keep, in 2022, I'm not going to live this way. I'm not going to live this way in my marriage. My finances aren't going to be this. I'm tired of battling in my mind and never having peace. And I'm tired of being ran by fear and anxiety. When you get desperate for God to show up in your life, you'll push the plate aside. Say, God, I, 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 I am desperate. Throughout the Bible, we see men and women who fast. Esther fasted for three days, and then she was invited to meet a uh, meeting with the king. Three days, she was desperate for a breakthrough. Elijah fasted. Daniel fasted. And you know who else fasted in the Bible? Your Savior, Jesus Christ, fasted. If Jesus fasted, come on, somebody, then we need to. Now, I know what you're thinking. He's talking about that F word again. Yep. Fast. Someone's like, well, I eat fast. <laughs> I know. We're trying to help you with that. Stay with me. Don't quit me now. Okay. So now let me just say what Jesus was talking about when you give, because he's not talking about the tithe here. Okay. He's talking about living a generous life. He's talking about seeing in need and meeting it. There are some Christians in here today who they know they are born to be a blessing. There are some Christians in here that they know they are called to be a conduit in which the blessings can flow, not a reservoir where they keep them up for themselves. There are some people that live by the words of Jesus when he said, it is better to give than to receive. And they're always looking for people to bless. They're always looking for opportunities because they have been blessed and they know it's better to give than to receive. And Jesus said, when you do that, you don't need to post it. You don't need to make a big deal about it. Your father sees what you do in secret when you slip that $100 Pentecostal handshake. Come on, somebody. You ain't never got one of those? Well, you better pray because they're awesome. So in these 21 days, here's my challenge on this point. When you give, here's my challenge. Listen, because God will show you somebody, some family to bless somebody who's in need because it's one of the three keys of breakthrough. Be watching, be listening, and asking God, who can I bless? Because I want to unlock breakthrough in my life. Can I get a good amen right there? Okay, here we go. Matthew 17, just laying a foundation here for you. Watch this story. When they came to the crowd, a man approached Jesus and knelt before him. Lord, have mercy on my son, he said. He's, he has seizures and is suffering greatly. He often falls into the fire or into the water. I brought him to your disciples, but they could not heal him. The disciples, the closest followers of Jesus, his small group, couldn't heal this boy. Why? He says, you unbelieving and perverse generation, Jesus replied. How long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Aren't you glad Jesus wasn't your small group leader? Hello. Bring the boy to me. Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of the boy, and he was healed at that moment. Understand this. The disciples had been given all power and authority to cast the devil out, to lay hands on the sick, 
and see them recover. And they had seen that in previous chapters. But in this situation, they could not, they could not perform this miracle. And Jesus tells us why they could not. Two reasons why, and I believe with all my heart, they're the two things that the enemy loves to bring into our lives to get us off track from that connection with God. The first thing is unbelieving. Someone say unbelieving. What does that mean? We're not connected enough to God. We're not connected enough to God. Unbelieving. In some way, in some way, and this happens a lot for, for many of us. It happens for me around the holidays, you know. We're all caught up in the festivities, and I love all that, but I, I feel like a disconnection, right? I feel that. I feel that. And so, you know, maybe we're not disconnected to that deep, intimate relationship we had. Maybe some are disconnected from his word. You used to get up every morning and spend time in the word and read the word. Now you don't even know where your Bible is. You don't have that intimate, ongoing relationship. You used to have it a devotional life. Now you just have an emotional life. Because when you don't have a devotional life, you'll always have an emotional life. You'll be led by your emotions, not by the word. Now you're going to be led by one thing or another. But when you get in the word, the word will lead you. When you get in your emotions, your emotions will lead you. Moving right along. Disconnected from the word, disconnected from his presence, disconnected from hungering and thirsting for more of him. Do you know you have as much as God as you have chosen to have in your life? God is as big as you make him in your life. The Bible says those who hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. Maybe the reason you're not filled is because you're not hungry enough. Is anybody hungry in here today? And I'm not talking for pepperoni pizzas, although I may be. Jesus. Thank you. Unbelieving, not connected enough to God, it causes doubt to come in. And doubting comes from this disconnection from God's power in his ways. What's causing this disconnection? Of late, I believe it's, it has to be boiled down to two things. When life isn't favorable to us, when we go through hard times, when we go through circumstances, a lot of times we tend to doubt God's power in our life. When life doesn't work out the way we prayed it should or would, when we feel like God has failed us, an unbelief begins to creep in. The second reason why I believe we have this unbelief is because the world is in chaos right now. The world is in chaos, and all we hear every single day is the bad things that are happening. I want to hear some good news. Come on. I want to hear some good news. I'm tired of people fighting. I'm tired of the virus. I'm tired of the pandemic. I'm tired of the racial tension, the political tension. I want to hear some good news, and it's found right here in this book. It's found in this church every time you come. Amen? But in those moments when life is unfavorable, in those moments of chaos, we tend to put more stock and faith in doubt and unbelief than we do God. Did you hear that? We tend to believe the news more than the Bible because that's what our ears have listened to more of. We've put more of that in our ears than this. So unbelieving it's a, I don't know if God can. Does he really heal anymore? Does he really do creative miracles and put babies in wounds that doctors said can't? 
Does he really heal people of cancer? Does he really? And we begin to doubt. And unbelief sets in. And we just kind of go through the motions of church. And we lift our hands, but we really don't believe the words that we're singing. Unbelief has set in. And there was a moment when Peter was there. And Jesus told him, Satan desires to sift you, Peter, as we. I mean, that means he's, he's desired to take you out. Do you know you have a spiritual enemy that wants to take you out? He hates that you're here today. He hates that you're watching online. You made the greatest decision of the week by coming to church and pushing past your feelings. Come on now. I believe that. And he hates it. And Jesus said, Satan desires to take you out, but I have prayed that your faith would not fail. Your faith would not fail. Your belief would not fail. Everything in this kingdom, everything in following Jesus has to do with faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Every promise we obtain is by faith. By faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. You got saved. You say, I don't know if I have faith. Are you saved? Yeah. Well, you have faith. You weren't there when he died on that cross, but you believed he died for your sins and you put your faith in him for the forgiveness of your sins, for a home and eternity in heaven. You put your faith. You have faith. Every person in here has the measure of faith. You may have mustard seed faith, and Jesus says, you can start there. You can start there. That's not my message, but that was free. You're welcome. So we need to improve our connection. Someone say our connection. And then the second thing Jesus said is perverse. You're perverse. What does that mean? We're too connected to the world. So, so Jesus said, hey, you're not connected enough to me. You're not connected, and unbelief has set in because you're not connected. Now he's saying you're perverse because you're too connected to some fleshly things. Some things in the world have grabbed your attention. Listen, when you fall out of love with God, you fall in love with something else. Jesus said, you can gain the whole world and lose your own soul. There are Christians who have gained the whole world who have lost their own soul. Why? Because they were too connected to the world. They were too connected to the world. And, and this is when we get involved in things that really dilute and pollute our relationship with God. They cause this separation because they aren't pleasing to God. What is it in your life that you can say, man, I picked up that habit again. I used to be strong in that area, but I picked it up again. I used to be strong, but now I'm watching things I shouldn't. I used to be good, but now I got a bad attitude. I'm cynical. I'm always negative all the time, man. I used to be that way, and now it came back on me. What is it for you? I don't know what it is, and I'm not here to tell you what your thing is. That's the Holy Spirit's job. You know what it is because I know what it is in my life, the areas that I'm too connected to. And sometimes they're not sinful areas. They're just clogging up the connection with God. Other times they are. And the Holy Spirit, as you ask him, will show you if you don't know already, but most of you already know what those things are. You already know. Ask him, and he will show you. Now, let's continue the text. Then the disciples came to Jesus in private and asked, why couldn't we drive it out? He replied, because you have so little faith. There's that word again. Truly, I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. And I love this next line. Nothing will be impossible for you. When? When you have faith. When you believe that God can 
turn it around, that God wants to give you the breakthrough you so desperately want and need in your life. But this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. Notice the disciples, they had a problem, problems that you and I often have. They were unbelieving and they had perversion in their life. They had some things they were too connected to. Jesus said, here's the problem. You're unbelief and you're, you're, you're perverse. Here's the solution, though. We see it right there. The solution is prayer and fasting. He said, These, this kind only comes out. And I would submit to you, there are some breakthroughs in your life you will only get when you have these three keys lined up. Giving, prayer, and fasting. How desperate are you today? How desperate are you? And here's how prayer and fasting solve these two problems of unbelief and perverse. Prayer connects us to God. Someone say that with me. Prayer connects us to God. The more time you spend with God, the bigger your faith grows. The less time you spend with God, your faith shrinks. There's a scripture in the Bible that says this, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. If faith comes by hearing the word of God and being in the presence of God and being around the people of God, faith goes out by not hearing the word of God. So faith leaks. Faith leaks. Your faith can leak. Some of you, your faith has leaked in this last 18 months. You're just like, I don't even know what I believe. I don't even know what I believe. I don't even know if God is real. And he's speaking to you today, and he's asking you, will you grab one of these keys in this 21 days? Because prayer connects us to God. Now, fasting, on the other hand, watch this. If prayer connects us to God, fasting disconnects us from the world. Doesn't it? Because your flesh and my flesh, we don't want one slice of pizza. We want the whole pizza. Or in Jersey, we say the whole pie. Yeah, that's what they call pizza there. Pie. I want the whole pie. Fasting disconnects us. Not popular. I'm a foodie, y'all. Y'all know me. I preach about food in almost all my sermons. I love me some food. It's one of my spiritual gifts. It's to eat. Christians, what do they do? They go to church, they worship God, they fellowship, and they eat. Come on, somebody. But this is one of the most lean, uh, least known disciplines in the church is fasting. It, it just is. And maybe this is new to you, or maybe you've heard it, you've never actually done it. Or maybe you're saying, man, you, we're already a week into it. I'm too late. No, no. I'm going to encourage you to start today. I'm going to encourage you to start today because you can do it. And these are the keys to breakthrough. How desperate are you? Now, I just want to tell you a few practical things. Fasting is not punishing yourself because God wants you to suffer. No, no, no. It's not some penance that we're, I'm, I'm going to punish myself because God is mad at me. No, 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 no. That's not it. Fasting is not to get God's attention, approval, or love. You already got that. He loves you no matter if you fast or not. I need to say this because we can get religious with it. We can get a pharisaical attitude with fasting and praying, right? Ask me how I know. Fasting is not some trick to get God to answer all your prayers. It's not it. And fasting is not a diet plan. Although there are physical, come on now, benefits from it. My, my pants are fitting a little different today than they did last Sunday. 
I'll just say that, right? So there are benefits. What is fasting? Simply put, and all this is on our website, the handouts we have at our Welcome Center. Fasting is silencing the voices of the world so we can hear God's voice. It's pushing aside the plate. And I'm going to show you the different types of fast here in a moment. But a pillar of our church has always been prayer and fasting. Mom and dad started it 30 years ago. As the boys, they taught us. They taught us a lifestyle. We're leading you on 21 days. But there are times throughout the year where God is calling you to to do a fast, maybe a one day, maybe a three day. Are you desperate? Do you need a healing? Do you need a miracle? Do you need a breakthrough? And so this isn't just something we do once a year. It's a lifestyle. Amen. How many want the keys? Come on. You were shouting. I want the keys, keys, keys. I can tell you this. This is one of the most important things we do as a church this year. Because this sets the course. This is seeking God first. This is the, uh, the, the Matthew 6, 33. Seek first the kingdom. We're giving God the first of our year so the rest of the year can be blessed. Amen? So that we can go into this year with the right mind, with the right heart, with the right attitude. Right? And so, so this is an important thing. And I firmly believe everything that God has done at this church up until now is a result of prayer and fasting and giving. I firmly believe that. I firmly believe that. Now, when you look in the Bible, breakthrough never happened to anyone in the Bible who did not seek it. Didn't happen. You'll never find anyone in the Bible who got a major breakthrough that didn't seek it, that didn't go after it. And here's the thing. You can be a Christian, but always struggle in the area of your body and your soul. And you're, you're saved you're on your way to heaven, but, but you always struggle in the area of your body and your soul. Some of you, the physical ailments you're dealing with are a result of what you're putting in your body. And some of you, the, the, the reason you're sick is because of your soul, your worry, your anxiety. Come on now. Do you know that, do you know that neuroscientists did a study a few years back and they said gratitude and anxiety cannot exist in the mind at the same time? gratitude and anxiety huh some of you bring your own sickness upon you. they say 70 between 75 and 85 percent of sickness and disease is caused by worry and anxiety what if you said body i'm not going to give you what you want all the time what if you told your emotions hey you're not controlling me i'm controlling you this time but so many of us so many christians let the body and the soul control them and so you're you're saved you're on your way to heaven it's not a salvation issue, but, but, but how much more of God do you want? How much more peace do you want? How much more of a, a Christ follower do you want to be? Because I, I know that I'm not satisfied where I'm at. I want more of God. I know there's some worldly things that, that have gotten to my life that Jesus would say, that's perverse, and that you need to get rid of them. Come on, somebody. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm fired up. I'm, I'm Jesus fired up. Come on now. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. We as a church, we we need more of God and less of us. I said we need more of God and less of us. And if we ever think, if we ever think we can do this on our own, we're wrongly mistaken. We can't do church. We're good, but we're not that good. 
Come on, say, man, you know, church has grown over the last six years and blah, 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 and all these lists. I don't care about that. We're good, but we're not that good. I'm desperate for more of God, his presence in your life. I know what the secret sauce is, and it ain't me, and it ain't this building, and it ain't this church name. It is Jesus. It is his presence meeting with us. And friends, I want more of that this year than we've ever experienced it. So I'm going to take as many of you with me as we'll go. We are loading up the bus. If you want to go with me, get on. If not, no problem. But we going somewhere. We going somewhere. We going somewhere. Now, I'm three minutes over. Forgive me for being over a couple minutes today. I want to end with this. Whatever I starve dies. And some of you need to take a picture of this. Whatever I starve dies, but whatever I feed thrives. Whatever I starve. You got some fleshly things you don't like in your life? Got some attitudes towards your spouse, your kids? Come on, somebody. Whatever I starve dies. Whatever I feed. So you're going to start to replace that time with spiritual things, right? So what kind of fast should I do, pastor? I'm going to give you the four types of fasts we see in the Bible. There's many different others, but look at this. Number one is the complete fast, complete fast. That is mainly liquids. That's no food. So that's juices, that's protein drinks, um, but no solid food. Some people go on that fast and that's talked about in the Bible. Then there's the selective fast. And, and that really um, is you're not eating certain things in your life. So Daniel fast would, would fall under selective. And Daniel fast is a fast that Daniel did in the Bible. We reference that a lot, but it's mainly he cut out all meats and sweets is what he did and, and focus on fruits and veggies. Okay. And so that's a selective fast. Then there's the partial fast. And, and some people do that. Maybe sun up to sundown, you don't eat. Or maybe you miss breakfast, lunch, and you're only doing dinner or whatever combination that you feel led to go. That's the partial fast, okay? And then there's the soul fast. And that, that's just cutting out the media and the TV time and the movie time and the Netflix and you know social media and all that and replacing it with the Bible, replacing it with worship, a devotional, okay? So, so I wanna encourage you. I'm not gonna tell you what to do and, and neither is any leader in this church. That's not what this is about. This is between you and God. You ask him. He'll show you the areas. Just make sure whatever you do out of these, just make sure you're silencing your flesh and replacing it with something spiritual. Amen. The times you would eat, I'm going to seek God. I'm going to do that devotional, whatever the case is. So these are the four main fasts. And I want to encourage many of you. I know there's hundreds of you that are already on board with this, but there's some, maybe, maybe it's your first time to church in the new year. I want to encourage you to start now. Start today. We got two more weeks left. We got noon prayer from noon to one every day, Monday through Thursday, right here in the auditorium. Powerful moment of prayer every day. And then we got our worship and prayer night this week at Westfield, following week at back here at Kokomo. How many, how many will say, Pastor, I'm in? I'm in. I'm in in some area. Yeah. Cool. About 30% of you. That's great. That's great. No, I'm serious. It's not for everybody. But if you're desperate, if you're hungry for more, if you're tired of the life you're living, I am, man. I want some breakthroughs, y'all. I just want some breakthroughs, and I want to lead as many people that want breakthroughs. Come on, I want to lead you on this journey. Amen? All right. Come on, bow our heads. Lord, we thank you for your word. 
We thank you, God, that you're speaking to us, Lord. And Lord, maybe this isn't for everybody, but we know it's for somebody. And Lord, we want the keys. There's many of us. We want the keys to break through. Lord, you said when you give, when you pray, when you fast. So Lord, we take this time and we deny the flesh. We usually give it everything at once. We deny our emotions and our mind. We usually allow thoughts to run rampant and never capture them. We usually allow our emotions to run and ruin our lives. But in this 21 days, we seek you. We seek you, God, from the youngest to the oldest. Lord, I know you're proud of every person, all the teenagers and the kids who are fasting. I know it makes your heart proud, God. I know it does. So, Lord, we thank you. You give us the strength these next two weeks, Lord, as we seek you. In Jesus' name. While your heads are bowed and eyes are closed, maybe you're here today. You're far from God. You're watching online. You're far from God. You're in this building today. And you say, I need to know Jesus personally. I want to say a prayer with you. A prayer of surrender. A prayer of dedicating your life to Christ. It's a simple prayer. It's a simple prayer. And we're going to pray it with you. And we're not here to embarrass you, to make you stand up or anything. But if you're here today and you say, Jacob, that's me. I need Jesus in my life. I need to know God personally. I'm ready to surrender my life to Jesus. I just want you to lift your hand and wave it to me all over the auditorium, in the chat, online. Just wave your hand and someone's going to pray with you in just a moment. Thank you for the hands. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hands popping up. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you guys so much. You're making the greatest decision of your life. Church, let's pray this prayer with them. Say, Jesus, today. I receive you as my Lord and Savior. I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe that you died for my sins. I repent of those sins, and I make you the Lord of my life. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Church, let's put our hands together and welcome our new... Thank you so much for tuning in today. Please take a moment to subscribe, rate, review, and share this podcast with others. You could take a screenshot, post it on your social media, and tag us. If you ever have the opportunity, we'd love for you to join us for one of our weekend gatherings. For more information on our locations and service times, please visit us at thefuelchurch.com. We hope this message inspired you to take your next step in your faith journey. See you next week.